Here at Renew Energy Partners, climate change is very important to us, and so is beer. In every episode of the Green Beers podcast, we taste a beer together. We talk about the brewery and their sustainability practices. And then we talk about a topic relating to our work in decarbonizing buildings and mitigating climate change. We're live. All right, we're good. All righty. Welcome to Green Beers Podcast, where carbonated beverages and decarbonized buildings collide. I'm Mike Savage, and I'm here with Charlie Lord and Nathan Montgomery. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about Maine Beer Co., and then we're going to introduce our latest colleague, Nathan Montgomery. So without further ado, let's uh, jump into the Maine Beer Company and the beers that we have today. I brought a India Pale Ale. Very nice. Which one, and, did, you, uh, which one did you bring, Mike? A little whale boat. I have lunch. Very good. Very good. I, Charlie, actually, uh, I did try lunch two days ago. And yeah. today I have Peeper, which is their original, their original um, recipe. <laughs> nice. And for those of you who are listening today, Mike Savage just took a healthy swig from his main beer company <laughs> bottle, which is the way. Which is the way Mike likes to enjoy beer. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, it's, first of all, we're, we're uh, new new content format here. We are we're gonna we're gonna sip the beers and uh, and give the rating at the very end. So you're gonna have to stick around while while we uh, while we take taste these beers. And I'm gonna have another one right now. Fantastic. Point being, we're actually sipping the beer throughout the podcast and then scoring it at the end. So, we have a new colleague, Nathan. Welcome, Nathan. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Very excited to be part of the Renew team and, of course, the uh, Green Beer team. Well, it's great to have you. So, a programming note, I actually have a, this is at the end of the day, but I actually, because of uh, schedules, have a meeting with lawyers on a term sheet after this. Oh. So I will report back on whether doing the Green Beers podcast <laughs> before talking to lawyers is a good idea. Oh, okay. That, that's a good, seems like a useful experiment. I think it's a very good experiment. It may change my whole experience of, of talking to lawyers about term sheets. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting, uh, you know, hopefully an interesting study here. So um, good luck on, on that one, Charlie. You're, yep. I'll report back. Alrighty. Um, so Nathan, a uh, few questions for you. Um, you know, we, we've all, uh, you know, started this beer journey a long time ago, but we'd love to hear, hear where, where your beer journey started. What was your, your first and, uh, and favorite beer? First and favorite beer. So the first That may be beer... two separate things, Nathan. Right. Yeah. Not, not mutually right. exclusive. Most likely not. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I know that I, I am, I'm privileged in you know a few different ways in my life, uh, and I recognize that. And one would being one would be uh, the quality of food and drink that my family like to partake in. And so that's I um, whether it was food or with alcohol, um, my parents always have quality stuff. So I, I 
didn't start luckily with anything too terrible. My dad, um, I always just thought IPAs were what beer was because that's what my dad always drinks. And, um, he would always have, he'd either have like the Sierra Nevada IPA and then, uh, but Sam Adams was definitely the first beer that I remember my dad drinking consistently. So probably, probably, uh, Sam Adams would have been my first maybe well, Sierra Nevada. Well, all of our Boston based, uh, fa- uh, podcast listeners are celebrating the, uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Sam Adams connection. Yeah. And Sierra Nevada was, we cut, we did a long, we did a podcast on their sustainability and that they're, they're top of the, top of the heap on that one. Yeah. They do a great job. So, so it was just whatever yeah. my dad, whatever my dad was drinking, I, I, I would get to get to taste that sometimes. So, um, nice. Well, you yeah. just raised the average quality of the, of the, uh, green beers podcast team initial beer by <laughs> the, the average went up significantly. Well, see the 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 one it, if you're talking about college, the beer that they drink in college in Wisconsin, um, most at least at my school, the most popular one besides PBR or Rolling Rock was called Red Dog, which just has okay. a picture Red of dog. a bulldog on the front, and that's that's ten dollars <laughs> for thirty. So that's I you know some <laughs> okay. experience there as well. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 like the Natty Bow of Wisconsin, which is what I started yes. with. Yeah. Natty <laughs> Bow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anything with Natty in the, the 10 name for 30. just uh, <laughs> indicates a certain type of quality. Yes. Well, that's short for National Bohemian, but known as Natty Bow. But I love the concept of Red Dog. I don't think we'll ever do a taste test of it here, based on yeah. the sound. But it, but it's, you know, it's um, it's memorable. It was a, it was a cultural thing. Like people would cut the bulldog head out of the out of the case and like make headbands out of it. And people had red dog hockey jerseys and like so. Yeah, it was this is cultural. You know, that's the fun part. Yeah. Um, uh, favorite beer? I maybe haven't answered that. I would say one I've been really happy with. Um, Oh, I'm gonna just forget what it's called. I had it's a, from Vermont. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to it. Um, a switchback. Lawson's a switchback. Oh, switchback. Ale. Oh, switchback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I'd say out of um, beers I've tried within the say the past year or two, that was the one that was that's been the most interesting to me. That's it's kind of been in between beer. Um, uh, yeah, that that one that one was one that that stood out to me. So I'll go with that for my answer in terms of one of my favorites right now. That's a good strong choice. Yeah, Switchback is a little bit of a you know has strong college vibes uh, in some circles as uh, well. Okay, I can see that. Interesting. Interesting. For like the slightly you know better than if you think you're a little bit better than you know the Bush Lights of the world, you know get get the old Switchback. All right. Well, I I can yeah I can vibe with that absolutely. <laughs> Nathan, if you could have one beer with anybody in the world, who would it be? Hmm. Okay, one beer with anybody in the world, who would it be? Wow, that's a very, very difficult question. I'm assuming they are, could they be living or dead, or is it living? We're gonna say anybody, no matter uh, whether they're alive or not. Okay. Um. I'm going to go with, actually, uh, Nina Simone. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Nina Simone today. Okay, now you, you have to. Different day, you got you could be somebody else. Now you got to tell us why. Um, just uh, I don't know. I think she's she's iconic in the way that uh, I mean, she was the musician, but also an activist, right? She was uh, and always talked about her art reflecting the times she was, you know, certainly one of the bravest musicians of her time to really be just like openly speak her truth, um, to nice. any audiences. And, um, yeah. And again, I, I just, I like people who are creative, but they also, you know, to be active in, in actively working to improve community is, I think is admirable. That's fabulous. Um, we should say for, our, uh, for, for background on Nathan, whom we tossed into the, um, the, the middle of Green Beer's podcast in his third week here, um, Nathan is a, a, a very accomplished musician and a very, uh, brings a, lo- a long history of creativity and musicianship to Renew, significantly increasing the baseline on that score as well. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm hesitant to say that I have no idea who Nina Simone is, but uh, I am, uh, <laughs> I, was I can pretend ask. that I don't. That's okay. <laughs> Nina Simone. I, I have a yeah, I have a vague recollection, but it'd be good now that she's in the podcast to make sure everybody knows, including Mike and me. Yeah, she's um she's a um a black woman musician, say sixties seventies or when she was most active, um, and she was like uh, classically trained, could do could really mm-hmm. play anything on the piano, but that she just got um. She was, I mean, she was all about black pride and she'd play in France and she'd play, you know, she rewrote the Beatles song Revolution to like be, uh, you know, a, an anthem for, for black America at the time and um, had a very difficult life, honestly, very difficult life. But I just think, uh, you know, she's someone that you could put in um, maybe the same boat as... Um, you know, like a James Baldwin or um, well, who, who am I thinking of? Um, uh, contemporary of James Baldwin, who is a woman. I'm she's on, names on the tip of my Toni Morrison, right? Toni Morrison, right. kind of that, you know, that kind of prolific um, thinker and artist, but just more a more on the musician side than like a writer. very interesting, yeah, yeah, very interesting. That's great. That's and is she still alive? Great stories. No, no, she no. has passed for All a right. while. All right. Well, you, you, um, you know, you. It's nice to know that uh, if if the opportunity arises through some time warp, that you you know exactly who you'd want to have a beer with. True. And she sounds like a great choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and there, you know. Plenty of living people, of course, that I'd love to have a beer with, but uh, I think it's I think it's good to have that option to go to go both because we learn a lot that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Charlie, do you have? I, I have some. I've got questions left and right here. I don't. Do you, do you have any uh, that you want to pull, pull out the hat here, Charlie? Well, I mean, I think these are great, and I think it is a really a great use of the podcast to introduce people to. Um, our new team members. Uh, by way of context, um, we at Renew are thrilled to have a new um, 
growth equity investor in Greenback Capital. And among other many um, wonderful things about that partnership, uh, it gives us the ability to hire and build our team more quickly than we otherwise would have in a time when what we do is um, of increasing interest. So um, we will have many new team members in the coming year, and many of them will come on the podcast. I think Nathan will be a, sta- a staple of the podcast, and we will have others. And so this is uh, its great to welcome you, Nathan, to the team and to the podcast and to learn more about, uh, about what makes Nathan Montgomery tick. <laughs> very, very happy to be here and uh, just answering as best I can. So, Yeah, no, you're so far so good. Mike, <laughs> fire away. Your questions are wonderful. All right. Alrighty, so Nathan, where do you stand on emojis? Emojis? Do you like them? All right, do you like them? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. This, do you not like them? Is this a thumbs up, thumbs down thing, or is no, there I, sort of? Is, yeah, is yeah. This is this is I. Uh, emojis there's, for there's, me. There, emojis for me. It's gonna be the way I like to use them is mostly just random images that I find pleasing in. Uh, to like on the tail end of a of a because there have been studies that that people who use emojis can be seen as more personable so but i don't Mm. always like i don't know some people really substitute emojis for to symbolize things whereas i'll just like i'll send you a text message and then just put a image emoji of a whale at the end just for fun so that's 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 how i do it but uh, I don't. There's not really a wrong answer. It's just it's just a new hieroglyph. Personal choice. Yeah, yeah. personal yeah. choice. So, is there ever a situation in which emojis are appropriate in professional setting? I mean, you just suggested people are more personable if they use them. Maybe that yeah. is there a way that emojis ought to be used in business development, for example? Well, so I'm, I'm glad you asked. Um, it's an interesting thing going on right now. The reason, well, I, I think gifts could place a um, personalization of in-business development, right? Uh, right. I, I've seen, seen that before, but the, where this emoji thing is coming from, there was a, uh, something on the internet right now about people seeing just thumbs up emoji as passive aggressive, and some people don't like wow. that. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah. That's but it's, very it's a generation. Yeah. It's a generational right. thing too, so I'm like. I so which generation no sees it as passive aggressive? Uh, the the youngest, Gen Z. those Gen, Z. Gen Zers, yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'm really glad yeah. you told me that. I did as yeah. as a high school teacher. Uh, previously, I did learn a lot about uh, Gen Z internet etiquette, which is mostly just <laughs> wild. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I know that there's. I I think. Perfectly fine to use a thumbs up specifically also because I know, you know, of people of many other generations use it prolifically. So you just can't, you know, I'm not going to get mad at my grandfather's friend who just texts me thumbs up, you know, like because he's communicating. But uh, I just think I would say in terms of business development, um, there certainly could be room, as a, especially in the future as, as things. I mean, you know, we. We've incorporated texting into business development, and that was not a thing before, right? And I mean, certain obviously, email has been you know uh, utilized for longer than that. But texting, if texting is going to be a, you know is is very common now, then uh, you know certainly a well placed smiley face or a, you know um, again make little little emojis here and there to make it more personal. I think will be become more and more common, actually. 
Yep. Well, that, I'm glad we've we've set some some boundaries on emojis yeah. early on. Yeah. In your, your well, <laughs> I like Nathan's point about the fact that you know I, I bet there was a time when text would have been seen as way too informal for using in business development, and now it's part of our playbook. So right. Yeah. Now we're just going to communicate by, by memes and, you know, we just try to figure out what people are meaning. Yeah. So. Well, and we're just, I guess we're going to have to keep our, you know, finger on the pulse of which generation likes what. <laughs> yeah. As the Gen Zs become CFOs of portfolios, we'll have to be very clear on what they do and don't like. On. <laughs> yeah. The, every, every generation, you know, it's, uh, you know, new standards here. I mean, it's, yeah. the, it's the lingo. Um, it's the lingo that I, that just, that's, one of my favorite stories on this, and we digress, is that, um, and this is not to pick on him because he's actually remarkably adept at technology for an 80-plus-year-old. My father-in-law finishes every message to my daughters with LOL, but in his generation, that means lots of love. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, that, that's, it took that's him cute. a long time to figure out why he was doing that, and then he finally figured like, out. Grandpa's really sarcastic. <laughs> Either that or he's just terminally amused. <laughs> love it. I love it. Communication is interesting, I think, generally speaking. So, Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Nathan, I feel like we, we already did a, a bit of history, you know, on, on Nina Simone. So, I, you know, one of my other questions is going to be, who's your favorite Nathan? Uh, besides yourself, of course. But... Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't again, pastor living. Right. Oh, that's good. Well, well, can know, we throw in a Go ahead. Go ahead, Nathan. Oh, I was, I was just, just gonna, gonna say, say I don't know many Nathans. Uh the one I was thinking of um as a kid, I remember learning about Nathan Hale. Uh nice. like the Revolutionary War spy who spied against the British and then he was hung to death. And uh I thought at it was just I just remember feeling so conflicted about that because I thought this Nathan was cool for sticking to his values, but I'm like, dang, they really, they really did this Nathan dirty. Like they, so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's so, it's such a shame as a five-year-old. I remember being just thinking about that. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know enough Nathans, uh, except for when I was doing more music stuff, right. I had, uh, there's another, I'm like, I'm Nathan Montgomery. And I was principally a guitarist, and there's another Nathan Montgomery who's also a guitarist who's a little older than me. So that's just another Nathan that I've have run into on the internet sometimes who is still alive. But I, it, historically, Nathan Hale's really the, the I don't know too many, but that's one I can think of. And is Hale the one who uh, says, "My only regret is I only have one life. No, no, that's one life um... to give." Uh, one life to live, give for my country. Uh, no, that's yeah. that is Nathan Montgomery's going to look it up for us. Nathan, oh no, Hale, actually, <laughs> it is. I only regret that I have but one life to lose for my country. September twenty second, seventeen seventy six. All right, I stand corrected. Yeah. Apologies. That's yeah. that's a guy right there. Yeah, good, good, that's a good, good Nathan. Recall, you know. Right? No, well, is, that was, is good. There's a there's a very there's a very good Vermont writer and I will look it up in a minute, who just did a, a book recently about Nathan Hale, whose story is much more complicated than, needless to say, than what we've been passed that's been passed down to us. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that 
the the folks that lived up in Vermont and in Western New York were in in sort of significant conflict with each other. I'm sorry, Eastern New York. There was a lot of conflict about access to Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. um, commerce, and the, in that time period when the sort of center point of the American Revolution was south of Lake Champlain and the British were just across the border in Canada, that whole area of Vermont and eastern New York was sort of caught in the middle and trying to figure out how best to meet their needs. That that was what I took away from the book, that above all, in a time of chaos, people are just trying to figure out how to make it work, and that was kind of Nathan Hale's deal. Interesting. Which, which is kind of what your takeaway was. He stuck to, he stuck to his guns. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Nate, I, I got nothing else to th- throw at you here. I think it's uh, it's time for a, uh, a beer review. You know, the long-awaited main beer company. What do we think of it? So you're, you're about to experience the first, first ranking, Green Beer's ranking system, which mm. is to each their own. By the way, uh, yes, yeah, to each their own. The rankings vary widely on score. And I would say uh, one of the things we should promise each other uh, going forward is that we will try to dis- reclaim all of our scores over over the, the, the several years we've been doing this and um, and do a recap. I think we should do a recap or at least publish it to the website. So what, 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 what's the scoring for the mm. beers we've tasted? And most importantly, yeah. we will break the scores down by individual because Mike's <laughs> and my scoring... Um, what would you call it? Criteria or not criteria? Our scales are different. Mike's just a tougher grader than I am. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I said, so right. each, each their own. Everyone has their own palate. Yeah, that's it. You know. That's uh, absolutely it. All right, Nathan. What do you think? All right. So again, this is this is the peeper. It's the pale ale. Um, it says, after a few years of home brewing in our garage, my brother and I decided we should open a brewery so that we could share our beer. So this is this is the first recipe and i'm enjoying it it's very easy drink um it's tasty let's let's see Mm. yeah i again i I had lunch before which i i really enjoyed i i'm not sure i like it as much as lunch but i mean i'm i think maybe it's just because i will go for ipas over pails but i again i can see why if they were brewing this beer in their garage they would think Hey, we could sell this. So, right. taste-wise, great. Sustainability-wise, seems to check the boxes as well. All right. So, number-wise, scale of mm. one to ten, where do you put it on the um, on flavor? I'll give it an eight, seven and a half to eight. Cool. And then yeah. you're giving it the sustainability booster, which just yes. goes up to an additional I mean, point. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking. They. They. Mostly their word for it, but they do have some, you know, some decent credentials. Like they're a 1% for the planet member, for example, right? They're not making that up. So I, you know, it seems like they're doing good stuff. So seven yep, and a half and I know that... to eight and a half. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, at one point adder, we'll call it an 8.5. Cool. That's a strong entry. Yeah. All righty. Um, Charlie, I'll, I'll say this is a, uh, this, I'm, I have the little whale boat. It's an India pale ale. And it's it's wonderful. I actually, it's one of my favorites. I've I've had in a long time. Um, I because it's uh, we're dealing with a pint glass here, so 
um, or actually one pint, point nine ounces. I I don't know what that's what sixteen point nine, right? Um, it's a big bottle. It's heavy glass, and I would say I could drink three of these <laughs> without feeling <laughs> ill. Um, in terms of you know flavor. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.7 sustainability. We're going to stick with the one. It's a 9.7. That's got to be up there. Good Lord, isn't that nice. amazing? This is, people, this is the first yeah. time in history Mike Savage has rated a beer higher than me. Um, that's a, that Oof. could run out and get yourself, a, what is it called? The Little Whale? <laughs> little Whale. And it's a 6.5%. That is impressive. Well, yeah. first of all, I've never had it, so I'm going to run out and get a Little Whale. Um <laughs> No, I would have said actually this is an eight and a half on flavor. It's a it's a really good beer. I have lunch, and as you say, Nathan, very good beer, very tasty. Not it's got a nice hop bite, but not too much. Um, very flavorful. The hot, the uh, lunch is at seven percent alcohol by volume. Very good beer. I'd give it an eight, uh, eight and a half on flavor with the one, with the one percent adder for sustainability. Nine and a half. One point adder for net sustainability. And they, I know that in addition to the 1% for the planet, they do now, they, tr- they uh, manage all of their, uh, they do have a composting partnership for all of their waste, for, to, for waste to energy to reduce the emissions and the solid waste uh, out impacts of their brewery. And I know they're doing a bunch of thoughtful stuff. So I think they deserve the full one point. Absolutely. They are certainly a leader in terms of sustainable beers that also taste good. Good. Well, good. and it's worth noting that one of Mike's criteria is how many of them can he drink. And so he'll give up some flavor if that number increases. So, but the, the, you kind of find a sweet spot here if it's a three. Yeah, no, this is. It's a three beer yeah, high flavor IPA. That's a sweet spot. Yeah, and it's, and it's a 16 ounce bottle. So, I mean, that's basically four you know so you do the math it's like 9.7 times three yeah carry the nine it's it's good it's it's, it's finance people it's all about the numbers all right well main beer has set the has set the uh i think they've set the uh the bar here and we will i think at, maybe at our next one we'll try to report back on our scoring because it's been a while we got to get the big boy going so we will work on that until next time, this has been Green Beers. Thanks all. Thanks, Thanks all. for having me today. Have a good one. Green Beers is brought to you by Renew Energy Partners, your partner in building decarbonization. Decarbonizing your building is good for the earth and it's a smart business move, but it's complicated and it can cost you a lot of money. Our goal is to decarbonize your building while saving you money. So all of those retrofits pay for themselves. Learn more at renewep.com.